0: Blog Talk
1: Radio Welcome to this first of our focus programs where we take a close look at issues in the church today and today we're going to be talking about Spiritual Warfare and Deliverance. Our guests are Frank Marzullo and Carly Buta. We're very happy to have them on the program today. And they're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, deliverance, uh, things they've experienced as deliverance ministers, and whatever else uh, the Lord puts on their heart to share with us. So, Frank and Carl, welcome to the show. And I'll just turn it over to you now.
2: We're going to be speaking about spiritual warfare and deliverance, which is, um, I love. I love doing setting the captives free. Carla and I, I'll give a little history, if that's okay, Carla. Carla and I actually met at a, at a spiritual warfare conference. I can't remember if it was Arkansas or at the um, Texas convention. I can't remember. And it turns out that Carla and I share an uncle. Uh, my uncle Ernie on my father's side was her uncle Ernie on her mother's side. Am I dad's correct? Side. Yeah. On my
3: dad's side.
2: On your dad's side. Okay.
3: Uh-huh. And Frank, yeah. Um, can I tell you where we met?
2: Where was it?
3: It was in Houston. Your dad was going to do a deliverance conference at the uh Winter Village Methodist Church. And he your dad had called me and told me to be there. And so I was there. <laughs> and you and your dad arrived together and I was sitting in the parking lot. I think y'all drove up in a limousine, as a matter of fact, from the church. And uh, that was when we met. I don't remember what year that was, but it was in, I think, um, the 90s sometime.
2: In the 90s. Wow.
3: Yeah, when your dad went to Windsor Village Methodist Church in Houston.
2: Windsor Village, right. Um, yes. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. Um that was that was quite an experience. It was. Well, um, my uncle uh, basically invited you into the kingdom of God, and you started getting hungry and started reading books on on spiritual warfare. And uh, he was your uncle too. And that's how you got involved in it. I I got involved in spiritual warfare by. Um, following my father after I was saved. I started following his ministry, carrying his books and uh, learning the ins and outs of deliverance. And I felt a desire to get really involved in deliverance to help people. Um, How did you get involved in it?
3: Well, it was through... um, Actually, you know, reading the Bible, after I would gotten saved, I was saved for quite a while before I got involved with deliverance. But um, I had begun to seek God because I had a very strong uh, controlling spirit. I had depression, some things that, you know, were suffered by other family members. And I began to seek God about help with this because it was really destroying my life. And in the Bible, I saw where Abraham and Sarah were traveling, and Abraham said, "Tell him you're my sister." Then later, I read uh, the story of Isaac and Rebecca, and Isaac was telling Rebecca to say that she was his sister, and I thought, "Well, wait, I just read this story and when I looked back, I saw that Isaac was exactly like his daddy. He handled the situation exactly like his daddy. And that's whenever I began to understand generationally inherited things, you know, like lying, like depression, like all these other things. And then so your uncle, Ernie, came to visit us at the time that I was seeking God for deliverance from this controlling spirit Because not only was it wanting to control everybody else, but the controlling spirit was controlling me to a point where I began to hate myself, which is actually what the devil's plan is to begin with. So when your uncle came, God had already helped me get rid of that controlling thing. He met my mother and her sisters and saw the manifestations of many other spirits. So when he came to my house, asked me if he could pray for me. And at that time, the only training I had was from the Methodist church, and so I sat down very prayerfully. Then Uncle Ernie began to pray rather loudly. He had walked through my house praying in tongues when he first got there. And and then he said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. So I sat down and bowed my head, and he started commanding all these spirits to come out. And the two that he was really dealing with, was the spirit of Jezebel, and at that time, all I knew was that she was bad. The illegitimate spirit was really confusing to me because I'm the baby of my family, and my mom and dad had been married uh, for many years. So when we sat down to eat dinner, I asked him to explain what he was talking about because I had read in the scripture, of course, about Jesus casting out demons, but I had never known anybody. Um, or never heard anybody talk about it in the church or anything. So naturally, I wanted him to help me understand what he was talking about. So he started talking about the manifestations of the Jezebel spirit and the illegitimate spirit. And when he was talking about the illegitimate spirit, he said it can come from a pregnancy that is not wanted but maintained. Well, I knew I was wanted, But he had no way of knowing that my grandmother had been abandoned by her mother. And so that's where, so, you know, we can, if she didn't want the pregnancy and gave the baby away, we can assume some situations that possibly caused uh, the pregnancy. And so that's the only time in my life the hair actually stood up on the back of my neck because I knew I could pinpoint where that spirit had come in to my mother and her sisters and then passed down to myself. So this is a generationally inherited curse of illegitimacy. And so after he prayed for me, um, I was praying for another girl, and, and she fell out. I didn't know what happened to her. That never happened in the Methodist church. And I called Uncle Ernie, and he said, well, she got delivered from something. And he said, I'm going to send you some information. And that was in like 90, somewhere around 95 or so. And he sent me a big box of information. And that's when I just started, you know, eating all of this stuff because it answered questions and it made sense. So that was my beginning.
2: That was your beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I started... uh, like I said, I started following my my father around, which was he was a deliverance minister for many years before I, I came to the knowledge of Christ. In fact, I um, some of um, I don't know, maybe some of uh, you have heard that I was a Miami Beach policeman at the time that I came to salvation. I found Jesus in the squad car and mm-hmm. um, my uh, superiors, my lieutenant, my my sergeant. They thought I was going crazy. They said, I told them, I said, I need, I need to find Jesus. I've I got to find Jesus. And they took, they took me over to my father's house because I said, I can find him over there. My father's a minister. And so they actually put me in a squad car and took me over there, picked up my girlfriend, who is now my, my wife, Jill. Mm-hmm. And they brought me to his house. And out on the front yard, I was a police officer for the city of Miami Beach. I was in full uniform. I was on duty, and uh, they uh, brought me over to his house. I got on my knees in my dad's front yard, and I cried out to God for forgiveness of my sins. And it was a radical, radical, radical De- a deliverance right there in dad's front yard he was delivering a policeman <laughs>
4: wow. it was uh, <laughs>
2: and I got delivered of demons I was confessing my sins this was uh, quite an experience and and then from that day forward I decided to be sold out for Jesus so it was a radical deliverance see that's what's missing in the church today oh is no. a yeah. radical repentance of sin mm-hmm. and uh, right, sin is
3: that Frank
2: uh, 1977,
3: May, okay. May of 1977. Hey, that's the same year I got saved.
2: Hey, we're sisters and brothers in the Lord. 1977, <laughs> <laughs>
4: amazing.
2: <laughs> so that's that was cool. uh, that was the start of it, and I I started to learn, and you started to understand too, uh, right away about generational curses, oh, yeah, and yeah. how they came into how they came into a person. That's how I. I started to learn by watching and listening, and just sitting back. But I knew I had a I had a hunger for this. I had a hunger to set the captives free, and I did it right away. I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning. I don't know about you, but I did.
3: I think we all do. Sure.
2: Uh, there was, um, you know, um, going down the rabbit trails that the enemy would send you on, in the middle of deliverance by listening yeah. to listening to the demons and so mm-hmm. you listen to the demon and you go down this rabbit trail in another direction and then before long you're somewhere else other than where the holy spirit wanted you to be that's why I don't listen to them anymore i tell them exactly yeah. what jesus said shut up and come out yeah. well I don't he didn't actually say shut up in the bible he said be quiet <laughs> but i tell them shut up and come out it's the dude.
4: same
3: thing <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes. I don't want to to
2: their lives. If I wanna know where the root cause is, I ask the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. Yes. So uh anyway, that's um basically and you know, I listened to the the teachings that my father brought. Now mm-hmm. dad was brought up under uh Derek Prince, he was brought up under uh Bob Mumford, he was mm-hmm. brought up underneath those type of teachings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I we had I, a
3: good teacher.
2: Yeah, we did. We had good yes. teachers. Not somebody out there on the fringe. That uh, no, I know in the charismatic renewal and in the Pentecostal renewal, I know that there are nuts.
4: <laughs>
2: I know that
3: there well, are it,
4: cases. <laughs> yes,
3: and you know what? You know what I I think it attributes to that is the fact that you know we we have all of these grave clothes um, that come with us. When we get saved, like um, Lazarus, he was dead in the grave and then he was resurrected by Jesus and called out of the grave, which is what happens to us when we get saved. But Jesus, it says when Lazarus came forth, he was bound with grave clothes and Jesus said loose him and let him go. I love using that to explain to people what deliverance is because once you get saved you have all these grave clothes that came from your old life and even from generations that need to be stripped off of you so that you can successfully live the christian life and what happens without deliverance they get born again and then there is a mixture of all the stuff that was in them before they were saved, if that stuff is not delivered out of them, there are antichrist spirits there. There is witchcraft there. There's all kinds of things. And so if those things are not dealt with and cleaned out of the person, then they are ministering from a place of mixture. Yes. You know, and and then that's what, that's why people end up thinking that they're nuts because they're they're not... um, they're not drinking, neither are they giving people water from a pure stream.
2: You know, something that's very interesting is uh, I've, I get a lot of phone calls from people for ministry, and they, um, uh, they call up with their problems, what, their, mm-hmm. what they're um, suffering with today, such as the man that called me on the phone. He was suffering from depression. And I found out that he was a Christian, and I said, well, I started to pray with him about depression and commanding it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And the demon spoke out of him. There was a demon in him. Mm
4: -hmm. So
2: just like that, what you said about the mixture, there's a mixture of things that are in people. And Mm -hmm. the, the demon spoke out of him and said, I have a contract. I said, okay, I'm not going to ask the man what his contract is because right. he, then you're speaking to demons. You're entertaining demons. Right. So I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, would you show me please what the contract is? And instantly the Holy Spirit downloaded. And this is what I suggest to the listening audience too.
4: Yes. If you're
2: involved in deliverance, never speak to the demon. You're speaking to a familiar spirit or you're speaking to a demon. And uh, basically, there, uh, John 8:44 44 says that the devil's a liar and he's the father of lies. Right. Don't speak to the demon. Speak to the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. He'll reveal mm-hmm. all truth to you. So I asked the Holy Spirit, and I said, Holy Spirit, show me what the contract is. And instantly, uh, uh, he downloaded into me, into my mind, into my mm-hmm. spirit, false religion, false religion. And occultism mm-hmm. false religion and occultism so I I spoke to the man again I, you because know, I stopped the deliverance and I wanted to find out so the Holy yeah. Spirit said false religion so I said to the man somebody in your family was involved in false religion can you tell me about that and he said uh, yeah my my mom my ancestors were involved in Jehovah Witness
4: mm-hmm. so
2: you see uh, what when we first started off on this program we were talking about generational curses. Yeah, right. this is a generational curse that came mm-hmm. into him through believing a false god. Well, you say, well, Jehovah Witness, what is all that about? Well, the Jehovah Witness do not believe that Christ has come in the flesh.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: They, be- they d- don't believe that Jesus is um, the the Lord. They don't believe that he is God come in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So you have a problem with uh, Jehovah Witness. And what I'm uh, about to tell you and uh, the other listeners is that this could be something that uh, was the reason why. I said, that's the reason why the enemy has a contract with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then once he renounced Jehovah Witness and Antichrist spirit, he was able to get set free. And then uh, there are two things here, uh, Carla, that I've, I've noticed that. The enemy had a contract and he had an assignment to steal, kill and destroy. What yes. was this what was the steal, kill and destroy in this man? Well, depression. he was depression. That's what he was suffering mm-hmm. from. So a lot of times deliverance ministers try to get to the fruit and not the right. roots. Right. That's what I learned That's through that, that experience.
3: That's yeah. very true. Yeah. And I and I like uh, uh, I like to go for the root because it, it's just like the tree. You ha- you can be picking leaves all for years, but if you get to the root, all the leaves will die if you get to the root, and that hey. Antichrist spirit is a very strong, um, I'm dealing with that all the time, people that, you know, they they just can't understand the Bible, they Uh, They can't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's all kinds of things that are blocked by that Antichrist spirit. And many, I always go ask them, you know, for a brief history of their life, can you tell me what your spiritual training was growing up? And, you know, those kind of things. And, I mean, you can really um, see um, areas that need to be dealt with just through their brief history that they send. And that antichrist spirit is a big one. And see, to me, I suffered that depression. I mean, even to the point, um, I was never suicidal because I'm such a coward. (laughs) You know, I don't like loud, I'd never shoot myself. I don't like loud, abrupt noises. Uh, I'm scared of needles, so there'd be no overdose. I can't swallow pills. So, I mean, I can now, but at the time. I had a lot of fears and I couldn't swallow pills, so I couldn't overdose on pills, Um, you know, all of these things. But I just, and I went to a psychiatrist because that's what crazy people do, right? I mean, that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was having some unnatural thoughts. And so when I went to the psychiatrist, of course, he didn't have the cure. But what I learned, I mean, I had an encounter with Jesus and was instantly, miraculously delivered from depression. And what I realized after I was healed was that actually the depression was not in and of itself the disease that was getting to me. It was an identity crisis because I didn't know who I was. When I began to learn who I was in Christ, you know, we all have this thing about our self-image and all these things, but if you do not have your image and your self-worth and your knowing who you are in Christ, then you're trying to be all of these things that you can't... I was trying to be perfect, the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect daughter, the perfect Christian, the perfect... I mean, it was killing me.
4: Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. so,
3: um, you know, it's um, which is the the devil's ultimate goal is to cause you to kill yourself, yeah, to hate yourself to death. What what
2: so, what um what do you say to people when um when they ask you or they say to you that a born again spirit filled Christian cannot be possessed by the devil? What do, what do you say to that?
3: Well, I always use myself as an example, and I'll say, listen, I was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, and I start naming the things that would um, keep me from being a faithful Christian. You know, I, I had a spirit of gossip, you know, all of these things that are not part of what we are to be as a Christian, and the things that are in our family, like alcoholism, like um bipolar disorder, all these things. I said, well, let me ask you, and here's the scripture that I use it's luke ten thirty eight It says that jesus how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing. So if they needed healing, they were either um, had an infirmity or they were afflicted. Healing all those who were, what, oppressed of the devil. So if you have something like that in you, it certainly isn't from God. So it's from the devil. And people will say, yeah, but the devil. The Holy Ghost and, and demons cannot cohabitate.
4: Well, and that's true. To, yeah.
3: And and then I have to explain to them, mm-hmm. you know, it's that when we get saved, our spirit is instantly perfected to be like Jesus, and it is sealed. But the soul and the body, and I use, you know, in 1 Corinthians, it says we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So then I take them to the Old Testament and say, you know, the temple in the Old Testament, it, was, it had an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. Well, our bodies are called the temple. We have three parts, too. We have the body, the soul, and the spirit. Our spirit is the holy of holies. No demons can get there. But our soul and our spirit, the inner court was where the priests gathered. And in the outer court was where the general population gathered. When Jesus went to the temple and they were exchanging money in the temple, he cast them out. I like the terminology. He cast them out because the temple was being defiled by those money changers. So he had to go in there and drive them out. Our outer court is our flesh. That's where the demons like to take up habitation.
2: That's true. Um, I use the example, and and you gave a a great biblical example of that. I use the example of 1 Thessalonians 5.23 where we're uh, made up of uh, spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, we're, we're spirit, soul, and body. And now when people say, well, I, you know, how can a person born again, Christian have a, uh, you know, be demon possessed. I say, well, I believe they cannot be possessed in their spirit because no. it, it is the spirit that is born again. Right. And uh, John three six, it says that the spirit, which is, um, uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit, that's the capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, is spirit, That small s, spirit, man's spirit. So that which is born of the Holy Spirit is man's spirit. It's quite plain there. And um, I said, but the flesh, like you said, the flesh is different and the soul is different. Well, what's the soul? The soul is the intellect, the will, the emotions. Mm-hmm. Of man, can a um, the emotions of man can a can a demon be in a, a born again Christian's emotions? Yes, fear I is had a great.
3: Depression. E- you had depression. <laughs> yeah, and
2: and fear is another example. Some yes, Christians are, some Christians are afraid to get on an airplane. Some Christians mm-hmm. are afraid to get. Uh, in the in the ocean for fear of yeah. sharks. Some some are afraid to get an elevator. Some are afraid. Listen, I was um, uh, at one time in my life, I was a swimming pool technician and I was out on their bet on somebody's pool deck. And the lady came out with a with a, um, a born again Christian lady because we we had talked earlier Mm -hmm. and she had a cast on and i said what happened to you she says i ran i said why did you run i ran i slipped and fell. why she says there was a lizard on my patio (laughs) you know yeah she was afraid of lizards and so because of fear god did not give you a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind that's what Mm -hmm. the bible says and so there are spirits of fear and uh, people need to understand that Christians could have a spirit of fear. I got this phone ringing in the background. <laughs> I hear it.
4: <laughs>
2: well, it'll go off in a minute. But anyway, the um, the spirit can uh, attach to the soul of man mm-hmm. with uh, with anger. How about be angry yet do not sin. Do not let the sun right. go down on your anger, nor to give the devil a place.
0: Right.
2: Uh, so we could have anger as an emotion. Jealousy is another one. There's all yes. sorts of one.
3: I had all those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is one thing I say now. I, I heard this come out of my mouth at a meeting. I've never even thought it, but I heard myself say it. And I love it when God gives me things like that because he's teaching me at the same time. Yeah. I said there's without deliverance. Without the ministry of the casting out of demons, there are only three things that you can do. You can medicate them, you know, like people with anxiety attacks, that's fear. They medicate the anxiety, and so the person is kind of, you know, drugged so that it doesn't come up. Well, you can either medicate it, You can punish it, and our prisons are full of people who have demons that control them to do the things they do, and so they're in prison.
2: And some of them are Christian. Um,
3: I know. Well, listen. Mm -hmm. You know what? Even though I mean, I had a son that spent some time in prison. But I was in my own prison at one time with no bars. I wasn't locked up, but I definitely was in a prison. And people who are tormented with demons are are in prison. They are being held captive by those spirits. So you can either medicate them, you can punish them, or you can manage and control them, which I have found when people are young, And strong and healthy, they can, to an extent, control those demons. But the older you get, when the body begins, the flesh begins to get weaker, um, those demons will pop up and control the person. I said, it's just like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Have you ever tried to hold a beach ball underwater? (laughs)
4: It's near impossible. You can do it. You can do
3: it for a little bit, but every once in a while, it's going to pop up, and that's how those demons are.
4: Yes. It's
3: almost like playing that whack-a-mole at the fair, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and as they come up, you try to keep them down. But, I mean, it's, why should we do that whenever Jesus has given us the instruction? in In Matthew 10, he tells us, he sent the disciples out, and he said, preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Right. To me that's the fivefold ministry. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: and, and and the five uh the the five offices are those who do those five functions.
2: Yes. Um Praise praise God. <laughs>
4: yes.
2: how, do, how do demons um, come into a person? Is a is another question that I get asked quite a bit. How do how do evil spirits get into a person? And uh, my response is that I've learned over the years that they come in through, like we started off at this beginning of this conversation, generational curses. They could come in mm-hmm. that way. Through a generational curse and afflict the um, uh, the uh, the soul, the intellect, the will, the emotions of man, or the physical body of man which uh, brings sickness the, disease illness, and you could find the curses of deuteronomy chapter twenty eight and you can look yes. through there and see what has uh, transpired in a person's life. Sometimes you'll see this coming down through generational, generation, cancer, 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 yeah. a leukemia, 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 mm-hmm. um, uh, insanity, madness, manias, all sorts of things. You see sickness or disease coming down through the generational line. So, uh, how did that happen? Well, some ancestor sinned and caused the generational curse, a bloodline curse. Yeah. And so that's one way the enemy gets in. Another way the enemy can get into a person's life is through their own sins. They could open the door. They, uh, uh, um, their, their sins. They, they could open the door. They can go into the occult. They can go into New Age powers, um, crystals. They can get into um, um, uh, uh, transcendental meditation. They can get into mm-hmm. karate. They can get into, that's right, karate. That's a power. Mm -hmm. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Right. So there are powers. Uh, People open the door to occultic powers. Karate is one of them. Yoga is another one. What's that? That's the merging of two gods, the Mm -hmm. two Hindu gods, to make a union. Yoga means union. Union of what? Mm -hmm. Um, two Hindu gods, one between the the, uh, eyes and the other uh, at the base of the spine called Kundalini. So there's there's, um, um, uh, sins, your ancestor sins or your own sins that open the door to the enemy getting in. Then there is this, Carla, the lies that the enemy speaks to us that we believe. Yes. I found out that um, sometimes people – when they call up and they believe a lie, and I've got to bring them to the truth of the gospel in order to break the power of the lie mm-hmm. i I'm no good i am I'm, I'm I'm ugly well, the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, but yet you believe the lie, and the enemy can get in and create all sorts of insecurities, inferiorities and and uh, all sorts of things that would cause you to feel reject wounded uh, so forth and so on Then, then there is uh, unbelief of course that is in its own self its own right that causes the enemy to have access to your life and then there is this one this is a biggie it's called unforgiveness oh yeah now I can cast demons out till the cows come home I don't know about you but I can cast them out but if I'm going against (laughs) if I'm going against a spirit of unforgiveness and I haven't dealt with that yet I can do that until I'm blue in the face you're right now unforgiveness is is um, the story you know the story behind Jesus was asked by Peter how many times should I forgive Mm -hmm. Um, this is Matthew chapter 18 and, and verse 21 And Jesus responds back um, 70 times 7. Well, guess what? That's a metaphor. 7 meaning complete, 70 meaning completion, Mm -hmm. completion of weeks. And I believe all the Jews understood that. So they knew that what Jesus was saying was complete until completion. How many times should I forgive? Complete until completion. Mm -hmm. And then he gives the story about, uh, Jesus gives the story about them. The man owed a lot of money to his master, couldn't pay him back, well, was going to be sold into slavery, begged to beseech the master. The master finally forgave him. It was like millions of dollars this guy owed him, and he couldn't pay him back. And then he grabs a fellow slave that owed him a, a little bit of money, like pocket change, and uh, said, pay me back. And uh, the guy says, I can't. Please forgive me. And he put him into slavery. He put him into a debtor's prison. And all the fellow slaves found out about it, and they reported it back to the master. And the master, uh, it says in Matthew chapter 18. Let me turn there because I want to read it to you. Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 18.
4: 34.
2: Verse mm-hmm. 34 and 35. Yes. Yeah. A uh, Thirty-three. Should thou not also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee, and his lord was wroth, that means angry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, furious, and delivered him to the tormentors. Well, who, who are the tormentors? Those are the demons.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Till he should pay all that was due unto him. Like so, likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you, if ye, from your hearts. Forgive not everyone his brother, their trespass. Remember what this is all about. This is all about forgiveness. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And um, God really gets upset at unforgiveness. And Jesus says, my heavenly father, so shall your heavenly father do to you. So if... You and I are casting demons out, or we're trying to, and we haven't dealt with the unforgiveness or the bitterness that's in their heart. Guess what? We're wasting our time. Because right. it's the Father, it's the Father that sent them to the tormentors.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not going to override something just because we say in the name of Jesus.
3: That's right. And you know, that's repeated in the what we call the Lord's prayer. It says, "Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors." And then he goes on to say, uh, "For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." That's a conditional thing.
4: Yeah, and condi- I want to
3: go back. I want to go back just a minute to, like um, you-, you said. Uh, Through your ancestors, they can come in, and then through your own sin. Well, I I just wanted to tack on this, that, you know, there are things that people uh, would not see as a sin, like watching a movie. I I had a girl, um, I was here visiting my mother, and this this girl lives in the same city, and uh, she had a demon manifest in her bedroom. This was like an 18-year-old girl. Now, the the mother was raised um, Baptist. She married a Catholic man. They both, uh, the wife went to the Catholic church, but the children, as they got older, began to go to different churches. So this girl was in a non-denominational church and um, was a Christian girl. She had accepted Jesus and lived her life wholesomely as a Christian girl. But then this demon shows up in her bedroom. Well, her mother, it freaked her mother out. Uh, so the mother called somebody that she knew, uh, knew, talked about demons, and that the mother's mother was in one of my Bible studies. And so that, the grandmother called me, and we went to the girl's house. Well, uh, so sitting in her bedroom... I was looking around her bedroom, looks like a Christian girl's bedroom, except there were some uh, cardboard, life-size cardboard stand-up people in the corner, and they were vaguely familiar to me, but I couldn't really place where I knew their faces. Well, who they were, were the actors that played in the Twilight movies, okay, that are about vampires, I think. Vampires,
2: right, uh-huh.
3: Okay, so when I, I I finally asked about it, and the mother told me, and of course when the Harry Potter books out, the mother bought all the books for the daughter, and and then I begin to see, okay, I, I'm get I'm I'm getting the opening here. So so when the girl got home, she was out that evening, but when she got home, I was talking to her, and I said, you you know, you say that you're a Christian girl, and yet. I said, what do you and your friends do for entertainment? Well, sometimes we go bowling and sometimes we go to the movies. And I said, and what kind of movies do you all like to go see? She said, well, you know, she starts naming all the movies. And, of course, the Twilight movies were popular and uh, paranormal movies. And I said, okay, let let me just tell you something. And you're not going to like what I have to say because this is going to require a decision from you. You may even lose friends over this. I said, but you're a Christian girl and you are entertaining yourself from things that are from the kingdom of darkness that Satan is the author of. Now, the question is, as a Christian girl, why would you want to entertain yourself with things that Satan is the author of? Because you have read these Harry Potter books, love these Twilight movies, all this paranormal stuff, I said, you've opened a door. And it doesn't surprise me that a demon came and manifested itself to you because it thought that you would embrace it. Well, it scared her to death. I
4: mean, yeah. she
3: it scared her. It scared her mother. You know, they were ready for me to come do an exorcism <laughs> in the house or something. I said, no, you know, this is... <laughs> Uh-huh. This is not like that, you know. But but it was a simple thing like going to the movies. And I've even given this example before, too, in one of my Bible studies. Um, well, Mike and I had gone to California to see our son. Well, I had packed my Bible, and I thought, well, now I don't have anything to read. So I went to the bookstore. I'm not a book reader. I'll just tell you that right off the bat. Never have been. But I thought, well, I'm going to get something to read on the plane. Well, I like a good mystery. So I had picked up this book. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know it was a bestseller. But it was called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo.
4: Uh, hmm. Well,
3: big mystery, big murder mystery, you know, type thing. And so I'm reading this book, but I'm two-thirds of the way through the book. Whenever I uh, am sensing that, oh, my goodness don't tell me this girl is going to be a lesbian. Well, she was bisexual. Anyway, when when I would see that she was about to have an encounter, I would just start flipping the pages because I don't want those images, don't want the, any of that in my mind. So I would flip and flip and flip until I could see that it was finished and the story picks back up. Well, okay, so I read the book. Um Now I'm in a Bible study and there was, I was doing a deliverance, a teaching and deliverance on sexual sins. And there was a woman there. And when I got to the part to start casting these spirits out, she jumped up and ran to the bathroom, which is not unusual. You know, they're going to come out. However, I didn't know what the deal was. But anyway, she ran to the bathroom and she stayed there the entire time. I didn't even realize she had not come back uh-huh. until everybody left the house. She emerges from the bathroom and she looks horrible. She had been crying. I mean, she was going through purity hell in that bathroom. Well, I asked her what what was wrong and she said, I have something that I do not want to leave this house with. And I said, I'm glad to hear it. Let's deal with it, you know. So she's she's afraid to tell me what it is. Well, I know how the demon works. I know how Satan works. She's saying, you better not tell him. You just better not tell them. They're going to think differently of you and all this stuff. I could see that battle going on. And so I just told her. I said, listen. I know Satan is tormenting you right now that you should not say what it is you need to say in order to get this dealt with. But here he has his power in the area of your secrets. So just bust his power and say it. His power will be finished as soon as you say it. And she said, I'm sexually attracted to you. And I'm I'm telling you, right then, it was like, um, I didn't skip a beat because I say, you know, when you're in the zone, when I am in that mode of praying for people, my flesh woman is not involved, <laughs> you That's know, right. and, but, but in my mind, my flesh woman was going, what? <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it, was
3: sho- it was shocking to my flesh woman, but I sat my Bible down. I went over to her. I started binding those spirits, casting them out. And when it was done, it was done.
2: It was done, right? I,
3: yes. And so she left feeling much better. And the two ladies, the lady whose house I was in that was hosting this, they were sitting on the couch. And they were just still in shock. They said, I don't even know how you got through that. And I said, "Well, listen, when I'm in the zone, as I call it, I don't even hear those things personally. OK, but on the way home, I was saying, Lord, where in the world did that come from? I said, you know, I, I know that I don't have any of those kind of spirits in me. So why would that have happened? And he and this is exactly what I heard. Remember that book you read? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And it had been like a year and a half ago. And I was like yeah well, there were familiar spirits in that book that attached themselves to you when you read it.
4: The That's spirit true. of bisexuality
3: yeah. see so we we don't see go into a movie as a sin, but what you don't realize is that and God showed me this through pornography when a when a person sits in front of that screen, they don't even realize that all of those spirits that are involved in pornography and whatever it is they're watching on that screen are entering in through their eyes and attaching themselves to the person.
2: Yes, that's true. And so that's true.
4: Go ahead. So
3: we have to be very careful. Even our daily walk through life, you may pass a, um, a billboard, you know, like this, this, Air conditioner billboard that I just hate, and and I forget that it's there. But my eyes will see it, and it says, "Is your wife hot?" And and then it's it's an air conditioning, you know, it's about hot flashes, whatever. But it's suggestive,
1: That's you know, fine. it's yeah.
3: suggestive, and and the enemy is constantly trying to project these spirits at us. And so even in your daily walk, like people say, I told them one time, uh, you know, I have this prayer, the warfare prayer, the morning warfare prayer that I pray. And people say, well, do you even pray that when you're at a conference? I said, I pray that especially when I'm at a conference, you know, because you don't know who is among you. They may come up and hug you or pat you. You don't know those people. And so you never know how you are being defiled spiritually without knowing it. So when I lay down in bed at night, I just say, Lord, I break every evil soul tie with every person that touched me in an unholy manner or, you know, just walking through my day and seeing these different images or maybe you overhear a profane conversation. So it's kind of like taking a bath.
2: Uh, You know, you... um you definitely have you know put your finger on it for the listeners that are listening i want you to understand that there is a um a coming out from among and to be separate says the lord it says in second corinthians 6:17 we are supposed to come out from among the people and be separate says the lord and it continues on it says do not touch what is unclean and i will receive you and i will be a father to you you, you shall be my sons and daughters," says the Lord Almighty. The Bible tells us very clearly that we're to actually not participate in the things of darkness. And uh, boy, I like that part where you said that you, uh, when you go to bed at night, you ask you know God mm-hmm. to cleanse you from any unholy impartation, yeah. because there's a lot of times you know people touch you, like you said, people mm-hmm. lay hands on you and want to pray yeah. for you and sometimes it it's not a transference is they still retain what they have it's mm-hmm. a unholy impartation
3: right it's a defilement
2: it's a defilement right
3: mm-hmm.
2: i understand yeah. that yeah
3: yeah and you know it's so much more involved than you know people think oh you know she's a fanatic no it's just that we live in a world where there is a spiritual war going on and it's more real than people understand many people even spiritually minded Christian people that you know we, you said we make a lot of mistakes in the beginning here That's... was my biggest mistake was thinking that people were going to receive it the way I did. (laughs) Because you start talking about demons and and spiritual things, and they get nervous. You know, it's just like, why do we even need to talk about it? That was all dealt with at the cross. That is the biggest lie Satan ever... It was with Jesus. It was all dealt with at the cross. When we come to the cross, there there are things that need to be dealt with. Our our past sins and all of those things, we, you know, it's not just a blanket thing. I liken it to having a fire extinguisher in your house. You know, if you have a fire on your stove and you can't just say, oh, well, you know, I've got a fire extinguisher, no problem. No, you have to apply what Jesus has done. And that's one of the things that he's given us. The casting out of demons is part of the sanctification process.
2: It truly is. And that's one of the things uh, he wants us to do is to um, uh, repent of our sins right away. It's part of our sanctification process. And repentance is an ongoing thing, it's not something that's done once. You said that correctly. It's not yeah. done once, it is done continuously. Repentance means repent means the turn. To turn away from your sins. Now, Jesus, when he when he came out of the desert uh, in Mark chapter one, the first thing he said is, "The time is fulfilled; the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent." Now, that was his preaching. He preached repentance, and um, I, I, I'm in awe of the church today that does not preach repent. Do what you want. God has forgiven you. It's okay. Wink, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Well, without repentance, there is no salvation. There really, truly is no salvation because people continue to do the, the same thing over and over, the sins over and over and over again. And that's one of the things that Jesus wants us to deal with is the sin. Sin it opens the door to demons. And then people are caught up in demonic activity. Yeah. So, anyway, I call repentance.
3: That, I call this this uh present day message that you just described the greasy grace message.
2: Greasy grace? <laughs>
3: uh-huh. It's oh. greasy grace.
2: It's already churning my really. stomach. <laughs>
3: I know it. I know it. I know it's true. Well, you know, so um Chuck mentioned uh, the spiritual warfare part of it, you know, and this is this is where, um, you know, I, I was under the assumption that anybody who knew about demons and dealt with demons were as strongly versed in spiritual warfare, but I'm finding out that that's not quite the case. You know, many people are very knowledgeable about deliverance, but they're not. They're not doing warfare, and so um, it op- it leaves the door open for a lot of attacks on the person you know who's doing the the deliverance. And I was one of those people. I mean, it was out of sheer necessity that I had to pick up the warfare part um, is should be as much involved as uh, the deliverance, you know, casting out demons. There's some groundwork to be laid in the heavenlies in the spiritual realm before, you know, we ever even uh, enter the battle. And that's what I'm finding is lacking now is the understanding. And that's one of the reasons that um, Sheila Zelensky and I co-authored the book on power prayers because people are under the assumption that, well, God is going to fight my battles. God is, you know, he's, he's the one who fights my battles. I don't have to fight my battles. No, there, there's a fight to be fought. I mean, Paul said, I fight the fight. I have fought the fight. And we have to... Uh, engage in the warfare in the spirit realm because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Do you find that in the warfare part?
2: Yeah. Well then a lot of times, Carla, people are uh are not called into the, the deliverance ministries and they think that they're a deliverance minister um because they've cast a demon out, a demon out of a person or maybe mm-hmm. a couple of demons out of a people. But, you know, there has to be a calling to this type of a ministry. And uh, my dad wrote something out and handed it to me years ago. And I was thumbing through some of the things here that I, I might want to share. This fits right in to what you're saying. hmm uh, I'm going to read it. It's a little bit long. It's 12 points of the do's and don'ts for deliverance.
4: Okay.
2: And... The requirements for a deliverance counselor or deliverance minister. Mm -hmm. First of all, my father's uh, ministry. He uh, his key verse in the Bible was Luke four eighteen. Yes. And he used to preach that a lot. Luke four eighteen.
4: Mhm.
2: And uh, he would go. He would launch out from there. Uh. But he wrote this. He wrote here's twelve requirements for a. A deliverance Minister number one, go through deliverance first yourself
4: yeah.
2: you know um freely have you have received freely give mm-hmm. so f- first of all, you go through it you you yourself get yourself um delivered first, and I found that true a lot of times i I bump into ministers uh they minister out of the spirit that's within them, whether it be the Holy Spirit or evil spirits.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I found that, uh, number one, go through deliverance yourself. Number two, be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. Number three, I mean, I could launch out onto any one of these things and make a sermon.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: be working in the gifts given to you, Romans twelve mm-hmm. six. In other words, work according to the gifts that you received. Uh, Number four, have a servant's heart, Mark 10, verses 43 Mm -hmm. through 44. Number five, be uncompromising with the enemy. Oh, this is so, so important. Now, I've met people that want to be delivered to something, and then you go into another area as the Holy Spirit leads you, Mm-hmm. And they say, no, 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 I don't want to give that up, such as smoking or <laughs> chewing tobacco or something like that. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give that up. Right. And, you know, that's when you have to stop deliverance and say, okay, that's all I can give you. I can't give you any more. Well, why? Because those demons you're keeping will be a bridge,
4: mm-hmm. you
2: see, and the demons will come back in, and you'll be worse off than what you we started off here. Matthew 12:44. So we have um, um, not to be compromised, not to be compromised with the enemy. Do not be, I'm sorry, be uncompromising with the enemy. Yes. Make no covenant with them. Um, what God hates, you hate.
4: Yes. And
2: number six, know that God has called you into the deliverance ministry. And you have to know that you know that you know that you know. Or else you're going to hurt people, and they're going to you're going to be injured too. Mm-hmm. Number seven, have compassion, just like um, in Luke chapter ten, the Samaritan had compassion on that person. Yes. Number eight, develop a listening ear. Uh, number nine, be flexible in a variety of techniques. Now, um, sometimes. My dad would change things up, so I learned it mm-hmm. from my dad. Um, he would do deliverance from head to toe sometimes. One mm-hmm. time, he would do pulling out of fiery darts. Another time, he would do mm-hmm. different things. You know, the uh, the the Bible tells us to to uh, be flexible in our in our ministry. Basically, to to, um, to understand there's different concepts of it. Um, uh, I use sometimes I use tongues in rebuking the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, tongues are for interpretation and supplication. Sometimes I rebuke the enemy in tongues, mm-hmm. you know, and there's intercession with tongues, there's praise in tongues, there's all sorts of different things mm-hmm. in tongues. Yes, but uh, to be flexible in the in variety of techniques, um. Number 10 would be to search for the root causes, the source yeah. of the problem. Now, I found that, I don't know about you, but I found that demons hide behind each other. The main <laughs> demon, yeah, haven't you? Sure. Yeah. So I find that demons hide behind each other, and you want to find the key or the kingpin, if you will, the strong man, mm-hmm. uh, so you can pull down a stronghold. Uh, yeah. So find the source of the problem um uh, search for the root causes you now, know i
3: had that happen one time um i was doing everything i needed to do and nothing was moving and and i heard you know i i'm sure god said <laughs> go for the strong man and uh, when i when i bound the strong man it shut down
4: yes it shut and down. so,
3: you know, listening, a, a listening ear, that was good, too, not only from the person that you're um, dealing with, but but through it all, like you said, list, be listening for what God will tell you.
2: There are, uh, are, are two more here for requirements, and it says use the uh, sword of the Spirit. In other words, use the Word. And I do. I use the Word mm-hmm. of God. When I and I I know you do too because I listen mm-hmm. to you, um, you know. Um, wh- I give the the scriptural reference and then I quote the scripture.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What sometimes <laughs> in the casting out of demons that's more important because that's what Jesus did, as he mm-hmm. says, "It is written, it is written, it is written," mm-hmm. and the enemy did believe at that time. Interesting thing, though, is he didn't say where it was written, but, you know, I do. I use it. Um, number 12, believe not every spirit, 1 John 4, 1. And that's true. Don't believe them. They're liars.
4: Right.
2: <laughs> so don't listen to them.
3: And you know what? A lot of that is, is just to distract you mm-hmm. from, from the focus. Um, yeah. I think sometimes manifestations can be distractions trying to, I mean, I know I've had a few people explode in a manifestation that, that I had to really uh, stay focused not to let that throw me off or cause me to draw back. I think that's what happened with the the, the little boy that, or I don't know how old the kid was, but the ones that, the, that uh, they could not cast the demon out,
4: Right. And it mm-hmm. says
3: when they brought him to Jesus, he was thrown down, wallowed, and all of that, which I'm sure he did the same thing whenever the disciples tried. And because of those manifestations, I think the, the disciples, it startled them and, and it scared them. So they, they didn't go after it. They, they drew back. And Jesus even um, rebuked their unbelief.
2: Well, yeah, isn't that something? Because
4: mm-hmm.
2: I believe that is probably one of the reasons why some ministers fail, is they hit yes. a, a, a block like that, and mm-hmm. it's it's a lack of faith, a lack of of power, actually, because of a lack of faith.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. So Go the ahead. devil will try to distract you.
2: Yes, he will. How about this? Is some of the reasons why uh, ministers fail. Because they're a novice. I failed a lot of times when I was first starting off, when I was first starting in ministry. I failed. I don't know about you, but I failed. Oh,
3: sure. Yeah.
2: Because I was new at it. I was immature. Um. And, um, yeah, but here's I'm an- a
3: quick step. I fall to those tricks of the devil in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so fast to fall to those tricks anymore.
2: <laughs> How about this? Uh, have you ever tried to cast a demon out of a person and, and the demon speaks out, you have the same spirit? <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: no, some people... I,
3: I actually. Have, but that would be a real distraction, wouldn't it? But, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think I heard somebody teach on that one time, and so I was very uh, thankful that they shared that because, like you said, not not ever to listen to a demon. So I think if they said you have the same spirit, shut up in the name of Jesus.
2: Well it may you be true though. <laughs> so you, that's why you want to well, go through deliverance
4: first (laughs)
3: well exactly and 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 listen that's one reason uh and and in the beginning when I was going to Lake Hamilton when I found that place see your dad I met your dad uh that wasn't um the first time I had met your dad it was the first time I had met you I met your dad at um in Plainview Texas the first time at Frank Hammond pigs in the parlor that was the ministry where I first met your daddy. And um, I mean, from that, he went from there to Lake Hamilton, which I'd never heard of. This was in 2001 was my first time at Lake Hamilton. When I went to Lake Hamilton, I made sure that, that I was at almost every camp to sit under the other ministers that were there and, and be receiving deliverance on an ongoing basis. Um, Just for that purpose, you know, because I knew God was calling me into it. So I needed to make sure that I got all the deliverance that I needed, you know, and sitting there. Sometimes I would realize later that I had been delivered from something that I didn't even realize was there. Yes. So it's just an amazing, it's an amazing ministry.
2: It is an amazing ministry, but it's key to salvation and yeah. uh that's one thing that we uh we should never take out of focus and, mm-hmm. and put the deliverance ministry first. It's always about Jesus and it's always about saving people uh yeah. you know God has designed people for a purpose you know each person mm-hmm. has their um purpose and their and their um and their their thing on this earth that God has designed them for well the devil's he wants to to destroy that purpose. That's why deliverance is important. But the purpose really is bringing that person to salvation through Jesus Christ and for them to uh, maintain a life, a godly life, Mm -hmm. godly character.
3: And without deliverance, you can't do that successfully.
2: You can't do it, right.
3: No, no. Because then you end up having to hide whatever that weakness is that really is a demon it needs to be cast out but it will cause you to hide that thing and then even like let me just say if somebody um I mean I know a a lot of pastors have trouble with pornography without deliverance the, the the most you can do with it is when you can resist it, resist it like the beach ball, and then eventually they find themselves in front of a computer screen.
4: Yeah.
3: And so, but they have to hide to do that, you know. Which we it, people who have these secret things, it's secret because they hide to do it, and that's why I love deliverance. And here's the other thing that I love about the ministry of deliverance is it it helped me. To be able to separate the demon from the person. Yes. See, in my family, I mean, I have an aunt who's 94. She is a dynamic Christian woman, strong in faith, compassionate, all of these things. But she has that domineering, she's got that Jezebel spirit. And so this is the opinion of the family. Oh, you know, they all know she's a Christian and everything. But then there's that other side. You don't want to get – no, you don't want to know that side of her. Well, see, that's what deliverance should take care of in Christians so that you can be a, an honest-to-goodness Christian without giving God a bad reputation on certain days at certain times depending on when the demon manifests.
2: That's true. Um, I, found, I find also, too, that um, uh, demons sometimes oh, – do not come out of a person because there's a lack of desperation in that person's life to be set free. They don't mind being the way that they are. You know, you have the example of the man at the pool of Bethesda. He was mm-hmm. um, there for um, what thirty-eight years in that well, condition. He's
3: been sick for thirty-eight
2: years. Thirty-eight now. years. Yeah. And uh, Jesus. Uh, Interesting how Jesus kind of, like, didn't bother with anybody else there at the pool but this guy.
4: Right,
2: Um, That was interesting in itself. The uh, fact is, is that uh, Jesus asked the guy, do you wish to be healed? And here's Mm -hmm. a guy that's carried around and taken care of. Mm -hmm. Maybe he liked the attention of it. And I Mm -hmm. find that sometimes people like the attention of their demons more than they want to be healed.
3: So that would be a legitimate question to ask somebody.
2: Yeah, do you wish to really be healed? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, is I found that people don't want to take responsibility to their own condition. They always want to blame shift it to somebody else. It's my wife. It's my husband. It's my children. It's my Mm -hmm. boss at work. And they don't want to take care. They don't want to point the blame to themselves where the blame really lies.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. So they're not being totally honest. And I don't know about you, Carla, but I've got this checklist of uh, when people call me up and they want to be ministered to. I want to know, um, like I say, I want to know how the enemy came in. So I want to know their sins, their ancestor sins, mm-hmm. their wounds, their hurts, their rejections, their letdowns, their, uh, when they were abandoned or abused. Because that's, you know, another way the enemy can come in through rejection. Sure. I want to know what lies they've been listening to from the enemy. A lot of times they tell me, you know, that they don't believe they're any good or anything. I want to know why. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. That's mm-hmm. how I used to solve crimes as a policeman. So right. I want to know who, what, when, what, why, why. And, you know, and so you have a road map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are you willing to do whatever it takes to get to the place of victory and freedom mm-hmm. uh, are, are are you willing to look at yourself first and not blame and point your fingers at somebody else now part of my testimony was I was involved in a church I was a minister I was an evangelist I was a, a man of God preaching the word laying hands on people casting demons out baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ baptizing them in, in the Holy Spirit And I was an angry man. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: I had an anger problem. I had this terrible anger problem. Did I ever tell you this?
3: I've heard the testimony.
2: (laughs) Oh, you did? Okay. Well,
4: uh,
3: I've shared uh, it with other people, too, about you having to get out of the car and sit on the side of the road and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's hilarious.
4: (laughs) I
2: I, I had to do whatever it took to get to the place to get the freedom. Is basically it. So, you know, this is why... So this is why I ask people, do, are you willing yeah. to do that? Are you willing right. to do something so radical as what I did? Right. Uh, for the listening <laughs> audience, I did something crazy. Uh, I was an angry man. I was pinching my kids, screaming down the highway, uh, reaching back. And and my wife says, I want a divorce. I can't stand <laughs> it anymore. And uh, I said, no, no, Jill, I love you. I love the children. I I love this marriage. She says, you're a deliverance minister, and you need deliverance.
3: deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> she really did love me to tell you that. <laughs> oh gosh,
2: yeah. So anyway, I, I I said okay, I'll I need deliverance. I pulled the car off to the side of the road. Now I'm on I 95, downtown Miami, almost, and um, so I'm off there, and uh, on the side of the road, and and. Uh, Jill says I need deliverance so I said okay um, honey please deliver me of this I'm ready for it to go mm-hmm. and she cast the demon out as she was casting the demon out the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said every time you uh, you, you need a trigger word because you don't know you're going into anger before you right. get there you're 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 there already you're ballistic
3: yeah you're blindsided
2: blindsided Uh So I said, okay. So the trigger word was, I said, Jill, I need a trigger word. And she says, okay, here's your trigger word. You're starting. And I said, said, okay, quote, unquote, you're starting. So as she said that, the Holy Spirit again spoke to my heart and said, every time you hear that word, sit down, cross-legged, Indian style, no matter where you are when you hear that word. Mm -hmm. So there we are. And... Mm -hmm. Walmart.
4: (laughs) You're starting. (laughs)
2: Down I go. Down on the floor I go. People run up. Are you okay, sir? Are you okay? (laughs) Do we need to call nine one one? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just taking care of business here. And this went on in, in Macy's, in the food market, in the food, food store, um, and very public places. uh, Down, cross legged, Indian style. Whenever wow. I heard you are starting, and then one day yes. I did not hear any. I I, mean, I did not hear her say it, but I heard the Holy Spirit. So down I went. She yeah. says, "I didn't say it." She said, "I know." I said, "I know," but I hear the Holy Spirit now, and so yeah. I understood what it means to be willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, to get to that place of victory and freedom, I was going to prove to the devil. I was going to show the devil I'm willing to embarrass myself mm-hmm. at to break the power mm-hmm. of the cycle of this in my life. Well, and, here's the it, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead.
3: Oh, well, I was going to say um, earlier. I thought about this when you were talking about we when we first started. But oh, when you said you know afraid to get on an elevator and the lady had a cast on because there was a lizard on a her lizard. patio. Right. Well. Here was my thing. I was at the beach with my brother and sister-in-law and this big black bumblebee came buzzing around. Now I was terrified of stinging things. And so um when the bee, of course, and and you know your fear will draw the thing to you. That's the that's the uh tormenting thing about fears. Your fear will draw that very thing to you.
4: So hold on to that. Part. I want to that down <laughs> that's good <laughs> well
3: it's so true so here is this big bumblebee and and there's people all over the beach but who does the bumblebee want to to buzz around me because i am an idiot fearful of things like that so i jump up from my beach towel i had an umbrella and i start swatting at the bee and then i start took off running and swatting at the bee now here's what i love. It says in the Word that Jesus made an open show of them, the demons. Yeah. Well, that's another reason I love deliverance. Because for so many years, the demons made an open show out of me. You know... Becoming the idiot, embarrassing myself in front of people and but you know what? When that kind of fear comes on you, you forget where you are, you forget you have an audience, you just are crazy. Oh
4: gosh. and
3: and that's why I I mean, I so appreciate the ministry of the casting out of demons. Because I know what they're doing to people. Yes. And it's unnecessary. Jesus made a way. He gave us a way to deal with these things. And it's not rocket science. You know, it's not rocket science. I will never forget um, one of the first times that I prayed for a girl, and I had learned about demons, and I wasn't doing deliverance yet, but she was telling me about her little daughter, that she couldn't sleep, the mother could not sleep at night for fear something was going to happen to this child. She's jumping up and down, checking on this child all night long. I mean, it sounded so bizarre, but I realized, first of all, she was in idolatry with the child. Also, she had fear. So after I listened to everything that she had to say, I just simply said, would you mind if I pray with you before I leave? And she said, oh, thank you. Okay, so I just I just start out um, having her repent. I explained to her the idolatry with the daughter, had her repent for it, and then I bound that spirit of fear that was tormenting her and causing her to run and check on her daughter every few minutes. I bound it, broke its power, cast it out of her, and... She called me, and, and what happened was she began to cry. And that's a manifestation of demons leaving. It, they come out through tears. They come out sure. through sneezing, coughing. I explained that to her after it was all done. I said, you're going to sleep tonight.
2: Amen. Amen.
3: And Amen. she did. She called me, and she that was gone forever. And she realized the idolatry of in the little girl. And it, it changed in her household because that little girl what had a strong Jezebel spirit that came from the grandmother, and she was running that whole household. And the mother would almost brag about this child, you know. And, of course, there are funny little stories and everything, but I was failing to see the humor in it. And I told her, I said, let me tell you something. It This is a spirit of control, and if you don't do something about it, she, When she gets to be 13 or so or even less, I said, you're not going to have any control over her whatsoever. And so she did. She saw it, and she made the changes, and it, it was totally different. But those things are real. And let me tell you something. Babies don't come a clean slate.
2: That's right.
3: Baby, babies do not do not come with baby demons. Babies come with ancient demons that have been in the family line forever, and they learn how to use them very efficiently, or the demons learn how to control the child very early on. And that's why it's so important to have an understanding of these things because you're not wrestling with flesh and blood
2: that's it's true spiritual it's spiritual, you know we touched on a lot of um spirit spiritual things that have come in through the uh intellect the will, and the mm-hmm. emotion um through the soul gate, if you will uh, mm-hmm. you know we we didn't touch too too much on i want to touch on this on the physical aspect of it now uh demons cause sickness they cause mm-hmm. uh illness they cause infirmities and Uh, Remember, in Luke chapter 13, there was a woman. It's found in verse 11 through 13. Luke 13. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. That was a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years, she was bent over and could not no in no ways rise up but when jesus saw her he called her to him and said woman thou art loosed from your infirmity that's deliverance mm-hmm. you are loosed from yes. it and then he laid hands on her and immediately she was made erect and glorified god so that um is a biblical example of uh, a spirit of infirmity or or dis, or uh, uh, made a person bent double
4: uh-huh.
2: you know infirm and you know, and um,
3: and also the process too, because he dealt with the spirit first. Then she was healed.
2: Well, then first he, he recognized it. Out. Yeah, first yes. he recognized it as a spirit. Mm-hmm. That's called mm-hmm. discerning of spirits. Yes. That's something that we need to um, talk a little bit about. And First um, yes. Corinthians chapter twelve, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of them is called discerning of spirits. That's yes. not suspicion. That's knowing that you know that you know that you're talking to an evil spirit, or you're face to face with an evil spirit, and that is what Jesus did, as he discerned that this was a spirit of infirmity. Now, mm-hmm. that's a disease, a sickness. Um, um, I can't remember if it was what chapter it was in, but uh, it's either in Luke chapter nine or John chapter nine. It was a a boy that was. Born blind?
3: <clears throat> yes. Do you
2: remember where it was, Carla? Uh, no,
3: not offhand. But he had to deal with the spirit before he could. Well, I don't well, know if that was the blindness. That was the deaf and dumb spirit.
2: Well, this is this is. Let me let me see if it's in okay. uh, John. I think maybe it could be in John, Luke, Luke, John, John nine maybe. It was about they were going through some place and yeah. Um, John. And they
3: said, "Who sinned, him or his right. father?" Is that the one? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's
2: it. Yeah. And so here is a uh, Jesus passed by and saw a man which was blind. This is uh, John chapter nine John verse man. one.
4: Uh-huh.
2: And from from his birth. Okay. So they passed yeah. by, and they saw this blind man, blind from birth, and his disciples said to him, "Master, who did, who's, uh, who did." uh sin this man or his parents that he was born blind now there's a lot of things in here that we're we're seeing we're seeing that it's ancestral because uh they they question is it his sin or is it his ancestor's sin they,
4: his understood. Parents, uh-huh. they
2: understood that now um i find that demons come in through the sin gate they come in through the sin gate, and this person was born blind, which means mm-hmm. he had a physical infirmity.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, a lot of times we deal with emotions, wills, intellect, but mm-hmm. sometimes we have to deal with a physical infirmity and in deliverance. And his disciples asked him, and they, was he born? Jesus did not dispute it, you know, he just said, um, he, he answered, neither have this mm-hmm. man sinned. Nor his parents, but the works that the works of God should be manifest in him, so we find out that um, uh, uh, G- Jesus uh spat on the ground and delivered this man of uh, uh uh with his spit he put a spit in his eyes and he said, "Go wash in a pool of shalom um asylum and he anointed his eyes with uh with clay basically. And um he he did something unusual. In deliverance sometimes people their sin or their ancestors' sin have brought them to an infirmity, a physical infirmity. Yeah. Uh the latest one that I, I remember with me was a woman came to my home with an entourage of people and She wanted prayer. She had six diseases unto death. All of them. Every one of them was unto death. They were all deadly things. And her hands were ice cold and uh, black. There was no circulation in her hands. And she asked for prayers. And through just a conversation, I said, I started to pray healing. And then I stopped. And I I said, uh, anybody in your your family belong uh, have idol worship or done false religions and so forth and so on Uh I wanted to know about her ancestors Well, they were Chinese they worshiped mm. other gods mm-hmm. then I said how about you what did you do and she says well I I uh, practice Santa witchcraft mm. so um, in the co- course of the conversation she was uh, really upset at her sister had stole her house so I said, any one of these things could have brought this infirmity upon you through the sin gate. You open the door to sin. Your ancestors opened the door to sin and uh, uh, worshipped other gods. They broke the, the first commandment. I'm a jealous God. I'm the Lord thy God. I'm a jealous God. I visit the iniquity upon the children to the third and fourth generation to those that hate me. That's in Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 5. So I said you your ancestors broke that you broke it by practicing witchcraft you could have uh, allowed sin to enter your life you allowed sin or your ancestors allowed sin into their life and unforgiveness into your heart by when your sister stole your home mm-hmm. so I said any one of those things could be the the, the culprit behind this these sicknesses and these diseases so after I led her into prayer, she confessed her sin. This is so important in deliverance family. Please listen. Yes. Confessing your sin first, because, see, that's what's holding the power of the enemy in your life, is that you have unconfessed sin in your heart. And after she uh, confessed her sin... Then I was able to pray uh, deliverance for her and and Mm -hmm. casting out of demons, which I did. And then I followed the biblical example of Jesus. Then I laid hands on her for healing, and she was healed. Her hands turned from ice cold, the warmer, from black to blue to pink to Mm -hmm. hot instantly in front of everybody that was there and yeah. that has to do with the casting out of confession first of 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 sin yes then comes uh-huh. deliverance then comes the laying on of hands for healing yeah. so um there's a process that i use
4: and um, yeah. Me Go maybe yeah
3: that's a process it is a process it, you know you look at jesus um, and how he did it, you know, and that's a good teaching thing because there was a process. And, you know, I had a, a, a Bible study once with a group of women that wanted me to come and lead it. And I was thinking, Lord Jesus, help me with this because there were a couple of Catholics, there were a couple of Baptists, there was a Methodist and a full gospel person. I'm thinking, how? And I called them my little can of mixed nuts.
4: <laughs> because,
3: well, because you know there was such a variety of women there, and I said they wanted to learn about healing. I said, Lord, how am I gonna? I mean, all these different doctrinal beliefs and unbeliefs and all this stuff was what, what God had. I mean, I just love the way God answers my questions. So He He started dropping scriptures in my spirit. I'd go write it down. So when I started looking at all of these healings that Jesus had done in every one of them and I said Lord you know me I've got to get to the point of deliverance somehow and so every scripture that he gave me Jesus first dealt with the spirit and then he laid hands on them and they were healed the boy that was blind or deaf and dumb and he said you foul spirit see I started bringing to them the understanding that these things were caused by an evil spirit and it was so exciting we were all excited learning because um i just thought it was amazing the way god laid that out that he, they had to see that it was an evil spirit because so many of them think that god is the one who gave them the sickness to begin with no, no. god is not the author of illness and say, no, everything that came into the garden through Satan, Satan is the author of. And so it was so exciting. And and I just am continually, continually excited by God as he, you know, shows me more and more things.
2: You know, I want to get to the point of uh, doing some ministry over the, over the telephone here. And as, um, as we, um, I I believe I don't know about you but I kind of feel that we've come in to the section where the Holy Spirit wants to do some ministry over this um over this phone line and as we're speaking so Father God I lift this up in the name of Jesus Christ and Lord I bind every evil spirit things that we've talked about things that we've yeah. said things that we we have not said Lord, I bind the evil spirits that are behind these things, and Father, I ask that you put on their hearts right now, the people that are listening to this program, I ask that you put on, on their hearts to have a repentant heart. That they turn away from sin. I ask that you expose sin in their life, Lord. Let them confess their sin before you, in the name of Jesus, and ask for forgiveness. Father God, your your word declares that in First John one nine that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh Lord, thank you so much. You are faithful, and thank you, Lord. And now we bind those evil spirits. We command them to unlink themselves from each other, especially the spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness yeah. and hatred in the heart of people that would hold them to the tormentors. We bind you, and we command you to unlink yourselves from each other. Every spirit of, of, of resentment. Uh, Every spirit of unforgiveness, rejection, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind you. We bind you in the name of Jesus, you strong man demons. We bind you in Jesus' name. Now we command you out in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of rejection and unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred, go in the name of Jesus. Stubbornness, rebellion, disobedience, anti-submissive spirits, we bind you. We command you to leave in the name of Jesus. All spirits of fighting and contention Be gone in the name of Jesus. Get out. Go in Jesus' name. Every spirit... It says, I'm going to get even, retaliation, revenge, we command you out in Jesus' name. All spirits of judgment and pride, criticism, fault finding, we command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit, come out, infirmities, infirmities and illness, go in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that's in your head, between your eyes, I command it to go in Jesus' name, between your ears, your ears, your throat, out your chest, go in Jesus' name. Out you, heart attack, leave in Jesus' name. Out stomach problems, digestion problems, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command you out of the intestines, leave, go in Jesus' name. Out of the, the extremities, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out, 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 out in Jesus' name. Poor circulation, leave in Jesus' Every demon of addiction, that's right, addictions, go, in Jesus' name, out. Addiction of money, addiction to soap operas, addiction to the telephone, addiction to talking, addiction to caffeine, chronic illness. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Fornication. Out, out, uh, I command a fornication to go in Jesus' name. Adultery, out, perverseness, out, bestiality, I command you out in the name of Jesus. Fear, 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 all fear, every bit of fear leave you now in the name of Jesus. Uncontrollable anger, get out, anti-anointing, every spirit of anti-anointing. You, the spirit that goes against God and holiness, I command you out in the name of Jesus, out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Jump in any Carla. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I
3: come against the Antichrist spirit in Jesus' name. Generationally inherited Antichrist Church spirits Church. go Church. in the name of Jesus. Generationally inherited curses from their mother's bloodline go in the name of Jesus. Generationally inherited curses from their father's bloodline go in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I speak right now to... Um, their broken hearts, their wounded spirits, it is written in Luke 14 that, that uh, Jesus was anointed to heal the broken hearted and Jesus is in us and we also have the same anointing to speak healing to the broken hearts and wounded spirits of people, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Thank you. Pour out your love on them. We loose the spirit of adoption upon your people right now. We bind and break that bastard curse off of them that makes them feel like they don't belong. And we loose the spirit of adoption in the name of Jesus Christ. A fresh anointing of your love upon your people today. A fresh anointing of your grace in the name of jesus christ we thank you father for the ministry of the casting out of demons i just come against all spirits of unbelief and the rejection of the truth of the knowledge of the word of god in jesus name i loose the spirit of deliverance upon your people oh god what a great evangelical tool have a demon cast out of somebody and they know that they know that they know that they know that the only way they did it was the power of God through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We thank you, Father.
2: I command every spirit that came in through the lyrics of songs all the spirits that came in through the lyrics of songs to leave you now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that came into you through books, magazines, yep. I command them out of you now in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit that come, came to you through movies, through videos, through uh, video games. I command them out in the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. I command every spirit that that would cause every every spirit of the occult and witchcraft and antichrist that came into to you through those things, through fairy tales, through reincarnation, through karma, yin yang. I command them out in the name of Jesus. Out the the reiki, reiki attunement, the uh, the, the the form of attunement over your body. A t t u n b n t attunement. I command that spirit out of you now in the name of Jesus. Somebody practice a reiki over you. I command that spirit of trances and voodoo. Uh, I command every spirit of false prophet, false teacher. I command it out in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit of false apostle. I command it out. False evangelist. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Black magic and all sorts of reincarnation. I command uh, I command sanctidia witchcraft to leave you now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of babalua. I command it out. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command every evil spirit that came into you through your ancestors to be bound and to leave you now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, every spirit, Olegua, I command you to go. Shango, Ashun, Yamalia, I command it to go. Ogun, I command you to go. And the counterparts, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Out St. Barbara, the the Lady of Charity, the Lady of Regalia, the St. Lazarus, St. Peter. I command those evil spirits to leave you now in the name of Jesus. Saint worship, I command it to go in Jesus' name in the name of Jesus. Every Antichrist spirit. Yoga, yoga, I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. I command witchcraft of all sorts and confusion, blindness, I command it to go in Jesus' name. Spiritual blindness, leave In the name of Jesus Christ. Go in Jesus' name.
3: Yes, and I come against the spirit of um, um, temple prostitutes, of chasing the prophets. And every evil spirit that came into you through impartations, I command them to get out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I loose the spirit of truth upon God's people in Jesus' name.
2: Oppression oppression the spirit of oppression leave in the name of Jesus get out get out get out haughtiness haughtiness go in Jesus name I command pride of all sorts to leave you in the name of Jesus leave pride pride contention I command you to go in Jesus name in the name of Jesus spirit of jealousy get out go in Jesus name Every evil spirit that is listed in the Bible, I command it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out. Go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Lord. Uh, thank you, Father. Wow. Hey, we having fun yet? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes.
3: As your daddy said, we had a little coming out party.
4: <laughs> a little coming out party. Okay,
2: yeah. And I guess we'd turn this back over to Chuck and see if he's got any questions. Well, that, was,
1: uh, that was an uh, an awesome uh, discussion between the two of you. And we do have several questions. I know Deanna's got some. Uh, years ago, I was watching a Christian program, and the host on the program was taking questions from viewers. And this is a question I've never heard anybody ask, and so I'm going to put this to Both of you, you probably already know the answer. The question that was asked was, why doesn't God just destroy Satan? Considering all of the uh, destruction and everything, all the evil that Satan does, why doesn't God just destroy him and put an end to it? That's the question.
2: Great question. You got the answer to that, Carla?
3: Well, something came to my mind, uh, the scripture that says, for this reason, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil, um, and, you know, he did that at the cross. He is defeated, but he has planned everything. He has it all laid out. That That is a tough question that people ask. And, you know, I even asked that question at one time. I've learned to stop asking those kind of questions because sometimes you can back yourself right up against a wall of unbelief. But, yeah, um, he gave us the power to deal with the devil. So use it.
2: Well, something came to my mind, too, uh, as to uh, why... um, Israel did not destroy all of their enemies all at once. And he, they left some. Mm-hmm. They became um, pricks in their eyes. They became thorns in their sides, some of the enemy. And I believe that God allowed that to happen in order for that generation that had, that new war that had passed for the people to understand that they are warriors in the Lord the new ones coming up and they had to learn how to fight to take the ground god didn't yeah. destroy them all at once he didn't destroy the enemy all at once but these people the new, the israelites the new generation that came up out of the out of the desert after the 40 years had to learn how to fight again mm-hmm. they they did not know war so uh i believe that god Uh, Jesus said that he came to destroy the works of the devil then he turns around and tells us that that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out demons Mm
3: -hmm.
2: well I guess we have to learn how to fight
3: that's what I that's the point I was making earlier you know we, we can cast demons out but that fighting that warfare is something altogether different And Ephesians 3.20 says, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. People love that scripture, but the rest of it says, according to the power that worketh within us. Jesus Christ is in us. He's given us everything that we need to um, have victory over the enemy. But too many of us have not learned how to do that. That's that's what I feel like my call is now to the body of Christ, is to teach them how to fight the enemy. He's fighting against us. It's a war.
2: It's a war. And not only that, but in the end, it says in Revelation that in the end that God will destroy the enemy. He will Amen. destroy Satan. So we get to know the end of the book that God will eventually throw him in the lake of fire and... Um, So, you know, that's our confidence that God is going to eventually destroy the enemy permanently.
3: Yes, we are. And we have the victory. But there is a fight to be fought.
1: Yes. Well, that's those are good answers. I would like, Frank, uh, to get a copy of that list that you use when you're talking to people, you know, to try to find out you know, what Sure. What demons oh, yeah, or sure. problems they have, I would really appreciate getting a copy of that because I'd like to have that. Not, if uh, Not another a time. problem. Okay, well, thank you very much. Oh, not a problem. Just send me a check for a
2: million dollars. Okay, well. And, <laughs> okay, I'll see if I can scrape it up. <laughs>
3: You're starting, Frank.
2: I know I'm starting. I'll sit down on the ground.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys chose to focus on the need for repentance Mm -hmm. in this program. What are your thoughts on any relation between uh, the lack thereof of this teaching and this focus in today's church as far as the process of sanctification? In other words, do you believe that the failure to emphasize and preach on sin has interfered with this process? in our Christian walk today. Yes. Go ahead,
2: Brian. Yeah. Yes. It has interfered. Holy Lord. Um I think a lot of times, sister, then um and I know I'm gonna be stepping on somebody's feet and it's okay. A lot of times I say things that people don't like to hear. But sometimes pastors get in the way of uh, the the gospel being preached the kingdom of god jesus said that if i by the uh, finger of god cast out demons mm-hmm. then the kingdom of god has come upon you and a lot of times ministers pastors teachers uh, people who have who've got congregations do not want the casting out of demons brought to their church they don't want the deliverance ministry involved in their church they don't actually want the kingdom of God coming to their church because that would cause them to have to change their lifestyle and they would have to repent of their own sin I believe pastors uh, if you're listening to me uh, you have closed the door to the kingdom of God by not allowing deliverance to come to your church and it's time for you to repent of your sin and get out of the way of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to come in if I by the Spirit of God cast out demons then the kingdom of God has come upon you you've got to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit and allow the deliverance ministry in I was pondering what you were saying and I was pondering about how in 3rd John in the back of the Bible John had a problem he had the right to Gaetus. Gaius was a church leader or uh, some sort of leader back there in that area. If you remember correctly, in 1 Corinthians, Paul baptized Gaius. He was one of the uh, people that baptized him. Well, anyway, he was a church leader and he uh, was involved in, in ministry and overseeing in that area. So John writes to him in 3 John about a a person in his area here who had not uh, allowed the disciples to come through and teach in his church. It was a place where I believe the church is today. A lot of churches will not allow a minister to come through and minister the gospel of Jesus, the full counsel of God. They won't allow them to come through to do that. And I believe they're they're standing in the way of the Holy Spirit. So uh, it's Diotrephus that got in the way, or Diotrephus, depending on on how you want to pronounce his his name. But anyway, he gets in the way, and he keeps people from listening to the gospel and um, listening to the full counsel of God. Still there. It was there then. It's there. It's here now. Same thing.
3: It's an unpopular gospel. Just. This- deliverance is an unpopular gospel people don't want to hear it or the, the the people would love to hear it but the leaders um are standing in the way and keeping their people imprisoned which is sad
1: yeah i think it's because the leaders need deliverance i think that they're being manipulated by the by their demons to keep it out of the churches mm-hmm. Because you said they, you it know, right. yeah, they don't want yeah. the people to be delivered because, like you said, they have to change their lifestyle
0: excellent answers, my yeah. goodness, I'm glad that I, <laughs> i'm glad that I asked that actually because it's something that that we need to hear we need to hear this, and I think that the people thirst and they're not receiving the truth. I wanted to know if you had a favorite scripture and then I thought Maybe a scripture that you consider most important to the ministry of deliverance.
3: The one that I find myself quoting a lot is acts ten thirty eight and that is to show them how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. People need to know that it's a spiritual law that sin will bring these things. God's not doing it. You're doing it and keeping yourself there because of sin. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to set you free, and you can be set free. You don't have to live with these torments and sicknesses and afflictions and all of these things that's the good news is that Jesus through Jesus through his shed blood through using his name that he gave us permission to use you can be free from those things and those things are from the devil if you don't factor in the enemy then people are confused that everything is from God. I like to try to get people to look at the one who is responsible for what's going on with them. I think it's blasphemous sometimes that people think that God is the one who is doing this to them. No, it's not. But through repentance, through forgiveness, through deliverance, you can be made free and healed.
2: Amen. I have two favorite scriptures. The one that my father lived and uh died by. I mean, he just this is it. This is my father's favorite scripture. And it's Luke 4:18. He says, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the broken-hearted." to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised yeah. to preach the acceptable year of the Lord that was my father's favorite verse that he quoted all the time Luke 4:18 and 19 he lived by that, and like I said, he died by that. I mean, he was in the hospital the last days before he died. He was still ministering to people over the telephone. Mm-hmm. And I learned to live in this scripture, too. This is one of my favorite scriptures mm-hmm. because it keeps me on track. It doesn't let me take my eyes off of the brokenhearted. It keeps mm-hmm. my eyes focused on the reason why deliverance is important. And the one that I stand in a lot is Luke chapter 10, and I live in verse 19. Yes. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I quote that a lot to people because a lot of times people are afraid of demons. They're afraid of the demonic. And Jesus defeated the demonic, He defeated all of our enemies. As Carlos said, he made a public show out of them. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is important to get under your belt here. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. So we have authority over serpents, over scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And see, a lot of times people are afraid to attack the power of the enemy. They don't understand that we've been given authority. Jesus gave us authority.
3: It really is a shame that we, as the body of Christ, have not been taught the power and authority that we do have. I tell people, if we went today and joined a witch coven, they would start teaching us immediately the power that is available to us through Satan. Why is the church not doing the same? By equipping the saints. To understand their authority, you know, you start. I rebuke the enemy. Oh, you're not. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. You know. Well, no. Jesus gave us power over all the power of the enemy, and I'm not afraid to use it. But many people still are.
2: Well, once again, that's the uh, ignorance of the pastors or the pride mm-hmm. of the pastors that won't allow the traveling evangelists to come in. I call it a spirit of Diotrephus. Yeah. That's exactly what happened back then. That spirit that was in him would not allow the disciples to come through and teach. So we... You know, it
3: says there, I was reading the scriptures around that, and it says, Who loveth to have the preeminence among them, received him not. And I think that, you know, sometimes pastors are afraid to bring this power to their people because then they won't be the one with the knowledge, the one with the power, and they might lose their preeminence among their people.
2: Their position. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does that sound like Simon the Sorcerer? (laughs) You know, does it sound like him?
4: Oh, Simon, yes, Simon yes. the
2: Sorcerer. You know, sure. hey, I want that power. Give me that money. power. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that power yeah. and that money. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then you get charged for it. <laughs>
2: you know, we, uh, you know we we're called to wrestle against principalities and powers.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Guess what? That's a power. Just like you said, the witches teach that.
4: Sure. They teach
2: how to manipulate powers and how to send powers and psychics send powers so we're wrestling against that Mm -hmm. those powers that was probably the question I
0: don't know yes great answers and those scriptures that you brought up I'm particularly fond of I'm really loving this format you guys what a blessing for you both to come on together just awesome I
3: enjoyed it as well Frank I always could sit at your feet
0: Thank so was you. was a joy
3: for, for me to have you.
2: Ditto. I like listening to you. By the way, if you've never heard Carla preach, family, you got to get her messages.
1: Yeah, we gave her her own uh, page on our website uh, that she is linked oh, to. Oh, so, great. Yeah, so that uh, people can come and, and listen to them and download them. And we'd like to do the same with you, Frank, so people can learn all about deliverance. We'd really like to see oh, that happen. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah.
3: It's a good training, Graham.
1: Good
0: training. Yes, indeed. Just awesome. If you could just state your website for the show.
3: Mine is carlabutod.com. We'll take you to my website.
2: Can you spell that?
3: Okay. C-A-R-L-A, B is in boy, U-T is in Tom, A-U-D as in dog.
2: carlabutod.com. Dot com. Uh-huh. Okay. Mine is www.com. SpiritualWarfareNow.com.
0: Carla, where are your archives at?
3: Well, they can look it up on LHBC. That's the acronym for Lake Hamilton Bible Camp.com. And when that page comes up, you can scroll down to my name, and they have everything that I've ever taught there.
1: This has been Focus with our guests Frank Marzillo and Carla Butot. We pray this program has been a blessing to you. See you next time.